2: Again to the Explaining History podcast. Now uh, a few weeks ago, or well, probably months ago, as it is now, um, I was beginning to look at post-war uh, French fascism, uh, the fascism that reasserted itself very, very gradually after 1945, uh, and uh, was a kind of a continuation of France's uh, Vichy regime, or uh, At least these were the uh, figures who had survived France's Vichy regime and began to slowly re-emerge. Much as uh, fascists in Italy and in Germany managed to um, largely uh, avoid um, imprisonment or indeed uh, capital punishment for the most part at the end of the Second World War. Because we see things like the Nuremberg trials with the Nazis going on trial and are aware that um, Pierre Laval was taken out and shot uh, and the people like Mussolini were killed off, there's a widespread misapprehension uh, about the, 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 kind of the percentages in most European countries of fascists that were um, got rid of. Um, and it's a tiny, tiny number. In most cases, uh, the um, various tiers of administration and police, judges, um, civil servants, and army officers managed to re assimilate themselves into European societies in places like France and Italy, and also Germany. Um, with with um, Not necessarily ease, but um, with relatively few obstacles. So now we're returning to Roger Eatwell's book Fascism, A History. um, And he writes, While mainstream political life was reviving, former fascists and leading supporters of the Vichy government were initially forced to live a more precarious existence. But the enthusiasm for the purge, the uh, post-war purge of uh, Vichy, people associated with Vichy. enthusiasm for the purge died quickly after 1945. It had served its purpose. Besides, by 1947 the onset of the Cold War had turned the spotlight onto the Communists as the new enemy. One sign of the times was the re-emergence in 1947 of an action française periodical Aspects de France edited, edited by Javier Vallette. Um, who was also a former commissioner of Jewish affairs in the Vichy government. That, by the way, is code for um, uh, completely and utterly complicit in the Holocaust. It was the commissioners for Jewish affairs in places like France, Belgium and the Netherlands who were responsible for working out how many Jews there were, where they were, and how quickly they could be moved to transit camps, then onto trains, and into Poland to, put, to find their death at places like Auschwitz-Birkenau. Um, those regional officials um, and their compliance were what people like uh, Reinhard Heydrich, when he called the Banse Conference together, were uh, reliant on. Countries like France, um that wished to uh, rapidly rebuild after the war, quite um keen on receiving um martial aid um and also manage, needing to fight um a colonial war in, in Indochina, um public policy and um the shift the, the, the transitions in in kind of uh, political tendencies, political trends all for these very reasons moved against communism in the mid to late 1940s. Fascists could rebrand themselves as anti-communists um, and emerge with a degree of respectability into public life, anything that they might have been associated um, with in the war, they could say, well you see we had this terrible fear of communism in the 1930s in France. Um, we had uh, the threat of uh, the communists, perhaps in 1936, even being uh, part of, of a popular front government. Uh, these were difficult times and things had to be done. But And now we're back in those times because, look, we've got the threat of the Soviet Union and subversion and all this kind of stuff. And there are you know communists in our society you know, of all European countries Communism had been intensely fashionable within intellectual circles in France. By the early nineteen fifties, writes Roger Eatwell, a variety of other group, other journals and groups had been formed, such as Jeune Nation, um, which was set up by Pierre Sidus, whose father had been executed at the end of the war for being a leading member of the Milice, um, which is the uh, fascist militia. Um, and the, the Jeune Nation adopted its emblem as the Celtic Cross, a symbol previously carried by the French Waffen-SS Charlemagne Division. Although these groups and journals had small memberships, they actively kept alive nonconformist traditions and sought new supporters. The most important figure in the re-emergence of radical nationalism was Maurice Badege, one of the few significant people outside the ranks of violent extremism who was willing after 1945 to proclaim openly i am a fascist bardesh who mar- who married robert bracelack's sister was an academic who had been sacked from his post for briefly uh, and briefly imprisoned at the end of the war his crime was writing for extremist publications ostracized from academic life though he went on to write some notable works on French literature, um, Bardesh turned to polemics and ideology in nineteen forty seven He published a strong defense of collaboration and an attack on the resistance myth. He followed this with various works, challenged the validity of the Nuremberg trials and various points about evidence relating to the holocaust. so here in many ways are some of the kind of the founding ideas. Of post war fascism, um, the, this kind of historical revisionism, well, it's not even revisionism, this is a, blat- a blatant dishonesty um, about the Second World War, um, uh, challenging the validity of the Nuremberg trials, saying, you know, well, what had these men really done that was very much worse than anything the Allies had done. Um, of course, Holocaust denial. Holocaust denial um, becomes a much more significant part of the, the kind of the global neo-fascist discourse in, in the kind of 60s, 70s and 80s. And, and the it, it, Holocaust denial, in a way, follows the, 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 the gradual uh, development of kind of a Holocaust consciousness. In the 1940s and 50s, by and large in countries like, uh, particularly in countries like Britain and America, the understanding of the Holocaust is fairly slim. In France, it's a fundamentally different proposition because there had been French officials that had been chiefly involved in it. French police officers had taken Jews to transit camps. French uh, railway workers had driven the trains, manned the trains that had taken them from France into Germany and from Germany into Poland. Um, there was, you know, the, under the Vichy regime, huge complicity in the Holocaust, uh, in a way that the the British and the French, the British and the Americans, who've never been occupied, obviously, were able to, um, you know, ne- never have to have to deal with. I mean, there is obviously anti-Semitism in both those societies um, that function uh, in in different ways, but the um, the, the kind of the, the awareness. Of the uh, Holocaust is something that, that becomes uh, far more significant uh, from the 1960s at least onwards, and then by the 1970s and 80s um, is, is uh, absolutely um, a huge part of, of uh, international public discourse. Roger Ewell well writes, in 1951. Um, 1951 found Bardesch traveling abroad to meet Sir Oswald Mosley, members of the Italian Social Movement, and other neo-fascists in an attempt to found a European neo-fascist international. Like most intellectual fascists, Bardesch sought to defend European as well as French civilization, though, it, uh, though in keeping with the French political tradition, he tended to equate the two. Now, this was. Uh, uh, again it's a, a key part of of kind of nazi justifications for for nazi crimes that the the nazis were attempting to save all of europe from the threat of all of europe from the threat of the jews and uh, the nazi invasion of the soviet union was uh, an a last ditch attempt to save europe from bolshevization um and the uh, the, the nazis viewed German culture as being, being the, the kind of the epitome, the high point of all European culture, um, but the, the Germany's historic task in the Nazis eyes was to save Europe and particularly save this idea of European culture um, and the, the um, French fascism. Uh, positioned itself in in much the same way. Then again, it, it, was, it is doesn't it's fairly obvious to say that most French fascists with the experience of uh, things like the the, the Charlemagne division are of the SS. Most French fascists gained their uh, their views and their kind of ideological positioning from the Nazis themselves and from you know from the the, the Vichy regime, which was obviously entirely compatible with, with Nazism. Uh, The Front National is is founded by a uh, former French uh, SS officer, Roger Eatwell writes. Later that year, 1951, he set up a monthly journal, appropriately named Defense de l'Occident, which over the next two decades was to be a particularly important source for more serious um, European neo-fascist thought. Bardesh portrayed fascism as an attempt to synthesise nationalism and socialism in order to achieve a gradual revolution in values. As such, he held that Hitler had departed significantly from the model and saw no significant connection between fascism and allegedly contemporary examples like Franco's Spain. Rather, he argued that that the fascist ideal was most clearly encapsulated in theory If not always in practice, of the Salo Republic, at the closing phase of Italian fascism, where Mussolini had sought to return to his radical roots, Uh, the the Salo Republic was, of course, far more repressive and violent um, than uh, the the previous kind of uh, iteration of of Italian fascism uh, that Mussolini had led up to nineteen forty three. Bardeshi's main concern was to fight the battle at the level of ideas. By 1951, other supporters of Vichy were re-emerging on the electoral front. They rallied in particular behind a new grouping called the Union of National and Independent Republicans, uh, which contested a limited number of seats, mainly those where there was a tradition of extremist voting, uh, and returned four deputies to the National Assembly. Among those returns was Jacques Isoni, the TAN's former defense counsel, and the man who led the campaign to rehabilitate the marshal. Subsequent uh, subsequently, UNIR became absorbed into the peasant parliamentary group, which itself contained former Vichy sub.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads, generally, for most
2: people, are the easy button, right? The presence of such a group in the Chamber of Deputies illustrates that France was in many ways still a rural country. But economic development, spearheaded by a set of talented state planners, was taking place rapidly after 1945. Although change affected all sectors of society, it particularly hit small farmers and businesses, groups which had done well during the war and in the immediate post-war period. With the growth of competition, times became much harder for small producers and retailers. Many were forced to close down or eke out an existence on the margins of survival, while they watched the professional middle class and much of the working class become relatively richer. So, uh, the, the, the point that uh, Eatwell is moving towards here is that this would become a viable constituency once again, for uh, French fascism, uh, groups left behind simmering with resentment, um, unable to deal with the realities the economic and social realities that they face are perfect for fascist exploitation and We see that not just in the 1930s but currently right now, uh, if you look at the sort of the kind of like the fascist international uh, that lost its uh, beloved dear leader in Trump. Um, last November, um, wherever you kind of uh, uh, observe this in action, um, there are there is an example of it. These developments set the scene for the sudden explosion of a new political movement. In 1953, a 33-year-old small shopkeeper named Pierre Bougin, um helped to organise a demonstration to prevent the hated tax inspector from visiting a neighbour's business. The tactics spread to other villages and towns. Soon Poujad found himself at the head of a pressure group, the Union for the Defence of Shopkeepers and Artisans, the UDCA, which rallied against the alleged iniquities of the tax system and the uncaring and corrupt nature of the deputies in Paris. This quickly built up a national organisation backed by a variety of newspapers Often, specially founded by small-scale printers who rallied to the cause, by 1955, this organization had spawned a political party, the French Union and Fraternity, which uh, trumpeted even more strident the Poujadist uh, assault on the system. Um, the the small shopkeeper, the the Mittelstand. Uh, in uh, Weimar, Germany, was um, uh, an ideal constituency for for the Nazis. Here you have um, the small business owner who uh, was perhaps a generation previously um, working class, i.e. somebody that sold their labour and didn't own property. And the the greatest fear is proletarianisation, losing property and being dragged back down the ladder. Um, The communists... Clearly, to the small shopkeeper, threaten this, you know, as um, and threaten the uh, the loss of property, uh, but also the the iniquities of capitalism, the the vagaries of capitalism, um, that uh, threaten to um, sweep away um, savings, uh, you know, for example, during the period of hyperinflation in nineteen twenty three in Germany. Um, or to or, or or during the Great Depression. And these twin kind of economic and, and ideological hurricanes seem to blow at the little man, the the, the the guy trying to do his best. Um and fascism appeals it can be very appealing in this case, uh, of um, you know, uh, fascism uh, offers really everything, I mean, or promises everything, shall we say. Um, to the small shopkeeper uh, and, and offers a kind of a defence against these shapeless, nameless forces. Um, Pujad depicted himself as the typical ordinary man, the, the, the petit gars, uh, brought into politics by an ingest and rotten system. Most historians have accepted this self-image, uh, portraying Pujadism uh, either as uh, lacking a clear ideological character or as a form of populism. The truth was rather different. Pujad was brought up in a middle-class family uh, which despised the Republic. In his teens, he had been involved with Dorio's PPF. In 1940, he'd initially supported the Vichy government, um, but had uh, fled to Spain as the government's collaborationism became ever greater. In Spain, he travelled to Britain, where he joined the Air Force. After 1945, Pujad initially kept out of politics, but this instinctively political animal was soon reemerged as an activist in the Gaulist party. And with the Gaulist demise in 1953, Pujard was looking for a new political vehicle. So here we see quite a cynical character in the, in the, in the guise of, of uh, Pierre Pujard, um, who uh, actually was quite the political operator. Uh, and the, uh, the narrative that sprung up around him um that was of um the, the 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 little guy campaigning uh against these these big faceless forces, uh corrupt bureaucrats, uh particularly. Um and he was quite a charismatic figure. Um he uh in the nineteen fifties travelled through France and met with rapturous applause um, often speaking with his sleeves rolled up, um, and um, implied that he had all manner of radical positions, and um, that the, the 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 little guy, the small man, um, was the kind of the, the real soul, the real bedrock of the republic. By 1955, Pujad was calling for the summoning of an Estates General to produce a new constitution. Uh, of course, the uh, the Estates General was famously called in 1789 and sparked the, the French Revolution. Um, behind the calls to defend France's interest, especially her colonies, was a strong sense of the threat from the enemy within, which is imp- always implied, always said, but by which of course he means the Jews. Um, and the Jews were responsible for, um, in Pujad's eyes, uh, for, the, the, for the the iniquities of capitalism and also the corruption of parliament. Not that they were at all, but that's what he uh, alleged. Although the message appeared to be a classic form of negative populism, um, there was more than a little element of truth in the nickname given to uh, Pujad by left critics. They called him Adolphe." The UFF's main slogan for the January 1956 elections of the National Assembly was Kick the old gang out. In his television broadcast before the election, the leader of the Poujadist peasant group concluded that for the next revolution, they would not need the guillotine as a rope was cheaper and faster and Paris had plenty of lampposts. Amazingly, the UFF won 11.6% of the vote and 52 seats in the elections. An important part of the vote came from artisans, small business owners, and farmers who were experiencing hard times and who felt the threat and threatened by change. There was a major protest element too people who, even in towns and cities, felt some form of hostility towards them who ran the system. Interestingly, in terms of region, Poujadism was often strong in traditionally left-wing areas. This was almost certainly a reflection of the way in which he adopted the rhetoric of the revolution, rather than attack it in the old way of the right-wing groups like Action Francaise. So Poujadism is a very sort of um, clever and um, nebulous force in, in a way, it managed to shed some of the um, older kind of hallmarks uh, of of fascism. It was uh, able to tack to the left when necessary. Um, It was able to dog-whistle racism and colonialism and anti-Semitism when necessary. Um, It used the rhetoric of the revolution um, as a kind of part of the... uh, recognising this was part of the the core founding myth of France uh, and unlike the uh, clerical fascism, the Catholic fascism um, of the interwar period, which decried the revolution and said that really the, the, the clock should be turned back and a monarchy restored and the power of the Catholic Church restored and all that, Pushadism recognised that that wasn't um, viable um I'm sure they would have uh, gone with that if it had been. The other thing to note is that uh, the uh, i mean obviously the, the the way in which the Nazis managed to um, capture uh, public thought um, and uh, public imagination and public trust during the um, early 1930s was as a result of the uh, economic crisis of uh, the great Depression here. We have a France in the 1950s that isn't facing an economic depression. It is emerging from the humiliation of war, and also going through a series of um, social changes and sort of cultural changes as France begins to rapidly modernise to e- embrace the uh, the fundamental uh, changes uh, of the, the the post-war world. Uh, in terms of uh, urbanisation, town planning, um, bureaucratisation, and the transition away from it being a largely rural country to it being um, a a kind of a a, a modern urban capitalist uh, nation. Uh, So here you have a a degree of popularity, 11.6% isn't, um it is is no small feat for a um a, a party like that pujad was able to um mask much of his relationship with the Vichy regime uh, and so perhaps part of the um part of the the appeal of pujadism was it was it was able to um address Uh, resentments and uh, bigotries uh, and uh, jealousies and hostilities without the toxic connection to the Vichy regime anyway um, you can catch me, I'm uh, adding quite a lot of content to the Explaining History blog, you can check it out explaininghistory.org and there'll be some new stuff going up onto the Explaining History Patreon pretty soon and I'm just in the planning stages of the the first um, video-based course that I'm going to be putting uh, on the Explaining History website for students. Um, uh, so we're going to be doing uh, Germany uh, 1918 to 1945, but that probably won't be with us for quite a few months. Uh, but more news on that uh, as it as it emerges. Anyway. Thanks very much, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye bye.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan